Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Mortgage rates are determined in a financial market, so they're about as predictable as stocks. You know, what way they're going to go. They are certainly very volatile right now, meaning it jumps up and down, up and down. I think the intuitive way to think about that is I qualify, I don't qualify, I qualify, I don't qualify. It's funny, we're actually in a macro environment where uh, bad news is good news. It's kind of a little freaky. Got signals on other prices coming down, and so that makes pretty much financial markets start to understand that the Fed will not have to be so harsh on us um, and continue so much upward pressure on interest rates. And so we're internalizing that information and you can start to see mortgage rates drop with new economic news like that. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Skylar Olson, Chief Economist at Zillow. So welcome, Skylar. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I just want to kind of start out. Obviously, you guys keep a ton of data. Um, and oh, I just yeah. want to start out about the first quarter and talk to you a little bit about some of the trends you're seeing, any numbers that might jump out at you um, for this first quarter 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, heading into 2023, we've gotten, you know, well, let's put it this way, leaving 2022, um, we saw some really extraordinarily high mortgage rates, right, going above seven. So moving into this year, we have seen some relief. Mortgage rates are coming down into the sixes. They're, you know, approaching the low six. I think the last I checked um, from yesterday's numbers were around 6.1% for a mortgage rate for prime borrowers. Um, so this is still an affordability challenge for a lot of buyers, right? This is still, um, we're not back in a Russian moment. This is a slowdown moment, right? This is a transition into, you know, this is an important slowdown where we transition into a steady, stable market on the other side of this. But this is the year and certainly a quarter where things are slowing down. Um, so to give you, you know, some ways to think about this, we are starting to see home values fall even nationally. You know, that can be, um, that fall, you know, falling home prices, um, can often, you know, spook some folks. Um, so it's important to also mention that, you know, declining home values is not super severe. It's not like it was in the last housing crash or anything like that. And buyers are still holding on top of recent buyers, even, you know, over the course of the pandemic are still sitting on top of huge amounts of home equity. Um, but, you know, we are starting to see prices come down. Now, there are markets where prices are coming down much faster. Let's talk, you know, Seattle, Washington, where they're also experiencing tech jobs slowing down. And there we saw home prices fell in just this last month in December, four and a half percent. 
that's a big softening, right? So there are differences all across the country because I could take you to Miami, Florida, where home values are still increasing, right? So there's like a metro by metro picture that's starting to take shape in terms of which are the places that are slowing down very aggressively and starting to see some price relief off of really high prices and where are the areas that are a little bit more consistent. Um, But nationally speaking, I just want to mention one more thing, you know, prices aren't falling as fast as they otherwise would have, because it's not just buyers that react to those mortgage rates, right? Sellers respond a lot too. Who's more sensitive to the fact that rates are above 6%, the person holding on to a 3% fixed mortgage rate, right? So we're seeing new listings are down 18% from pre-pandemic, right? Uh, inventory is starting to rise from last year and, you know, rise, you know, fairly quickly compared to last year. But last year was record low inventory on the market because things were so competitive. So inventory is still, if I compare it to say pre-pandemic, we're almost still down 40%. That's a very, uh, you know, that's not a picture where prices start tumbling down, right? That's a picture of slow sales um, as people save up more or explore other options or wait for mortgage rates to come down. Yeah, it's funny because um, I'm in a suburb of Orlando, Florida, and in my mom's neighborhood, she um, basically never has any homes for sale in her neighborhood. And right now, there are at least four which is huge. Um, and they're in a more affordable price range for this area too. So you can just see it anecdotally in different markets as well. So it's, it's really interesting. And there is such a strange um, kind of, I don't know, really it's not a dichotomy, but just a strange, um, there are a lot of hot markets right now too. Um, and you guys just recently predicted uh, 10 of the hottest markets and I know Charlotte, North Carolina, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Nashville. Um, so talk to me a little bit about those markets and what's really driving them. Absolutely. You know, um, so for some of these markets or, you know, um, it really Honestly, it kind of depends sometimes from market to market, the way that we talk about what is driving it, right? So for example, if I'm talking about Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, that was a place that certainly experienced a boom over the course of the pandemic. And, you know, among some of the hottest, you know, during the pandemic itself, but Raleigh was much worse, right? So in terms of an alternative to, you know, a market that maybe during the pandemic was very, 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 very hot, Charlotte still offers, you know, that alternative. And so we're still seeing that interest in going that area. Other places are just, in comparison-wise, so much more affordable. So think about a place like Pittsburgh, right? Um, You know, I really like talking about uh, years to save. Um, It's kind of a way to think about down payment affordability. So, um, and let me just mention when I talk about years to save, that a lot of us get our down payments from a previous home, A lot of us get our down payments from mom or dad. And my joke for our household, it was, you know, the bank of Uncle Randy, right? To get that support, to get in the door. But let's say I had to do it all on my own. And and plenty of people do have to do it all on their own. So let's say I saved 5% of my income every month and I was trying to get to 10% down. Doing that with local incomes in the Bay Area will take you two decades, After home price appreciation in Boise, Idaho, it'll take you 14 years. 
but I can go to Pittsburgh and it'll only take me around eight, right? So that gives you the perspective on how different it is, the kinds of lifestyles that I can access around the country. So now as a nation, right, we're experiencing a drop in affordability because of high mortgage rates. So that makes the more affordable markets all the more appealing. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed that you have two Florida markets on here, Jacksonville and Miami. And of course, being in Florida, I know that Orlando is not one of the hottest markets right now. So talk to me about what, um, you know, do you feel like Jacksonville is north? Most people that are, you know, you hear moving from the northeast are moving to the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Palm Beach, those areas. Um, what's what's driving Jacksonville's growth? And, um, you know, what's Florida's kind of, to me, a very odd state because some markets are not doing well and some are just super hot. It, honestly, it is an odd uh, state. I know you're in Florida, so hopefully you will take offense no. to this, but I sometimes joke that the world would make a lot more sense if it wasn't for Florida. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, so for example, and where does that come from? We try and explain things like this all the time. Like, why are home prices falling uh, more in one place versus another? Or why are they still growing? So we're going to point to some other things. Um, we're going to point to, I'm an economist, right? so we're going to come back to things like, oh, you know, can I capture fundamental value? So is it about prices really outpaced rents, right? And if that happens, then there was something a little frothy in the home, you know, purchasing market above and beyond the fact that people just wanted to move there and want to live there, right? And that's kind of where the rents capture, right? What rents capture and where they look at. So that's sometimes some of it, right? Some of these markets were more frothy than others, like some on the um, East Coast, like Cape Coral, that talk about frothy, right? That was a place where home values grew extraordinarily above what rents could kind of command in that area. And so that might explain some of the things that come down. We already talked about looking at affordability, um, but that doesn't make sense for Miami. Miami is the least affordable down there. And yet you're still seeing, you know, a lot of this interest in growth. Um, it is something that tends to be hard to explain. Um, Florida, in terms of a whole state, you know, um, where is you know, a lot of the interest coming from? I think a lot of it has to do, honestly, with also demographic flows. You know, we the boomers and the millennials, two massive generations. I know we've talked about boomers retiring, you know, this massive generation. We've seems like we've been talking about it for decades, but it's actually only now starting to really begin in earnest with this generation moving in uh, you know, to their early 70s, right? Or like late 60s, right? And that retirement phase brings people down to the sun, but it's not just the sun. It's also, you know, the Texas, the Nevada, the Floridas that also don't tax retirement income, right? So different markets in Florida have different levels of appeal to retirees, some of which are also, you know, liquidating homes in expensive markets, more expensive markets, and moving down to Florida with more in cash. So they're more resilient against higher mortgage rates. So that's also explaining a lot of the differences in an area like Florida. Um, so it's on a, it is kind of hard to explain which pockets um, are doing what for what reasons, because this picture is very, very, that's actually one of the reasons, honestly, what makes a real estate, a high quality real estate agent uh, ever more important at a time like this. Because you mentioned your mom's neighborhood, right? Say like, oh, normally there's no listings, but here there are four. There are some areas where Homes are still snapped up very quickly, right? And there are other areas where you're getting uh, listings that are lingering for longer and longer and needing price cuts to to clear the market. An agent 
will have that local boots on the ground information from watching what happened last month, right? Because things are changing so quickly in the mortgage rate environment. Yeah. And let's talk about your, um, you know, your thoughts on the overall economy and where mortgage rates might be going in the next three months or so. Yeah. Where are mortgage rates going in the next three months? Okay. One, let me just say, Mortgage rates are determined in a financial market. So they're about as predictable as stocks. <laughs> you, know, <when> it's, <laughs> you know, what way they're going to go. They are certainly very volatile right now, meaning it jumps up and down, up and down. I think the intuitive way to think about that is I qualify, I don't qualify, I qualify, I don't qualify. That can, of course, be very stressful. But we are starting to see recent trends of mortgage rates coming down. A lot of that is from good news. Well, it's it's funny. We're actually in a macro environment where uh, bad news is good news. It's kind of a little freaky. So we're starting to see wage growth come down. That's great news for inflation. We're starting to see rent. So shelter costs are a huge part of the inflation numbers that the Fed watches. Those are coming down much more quickly, especially if we look at Zillow's data where we're like on the leading market rate edge, you know, so that's coming down. We've got signals on other prices coming down. And so that makes pretty much financial markets start to understand that the Fed will not have to be so harsh on us um, and continue so much upward pressure on interest rates. And so we're internalizing that information and you can start to see mortgage rates drop with new economic news like that. In other words, knock on wood at this moment, um, but in other words, we're starting to believe that the soft landing is more and more possible. Interest rates reflect risk. So if I expect less of a you know traumatic recession moving forward, we believe that if a recession comes, more and more uh, economists think that it will be much more mild. We can execute a soft landing. It is more possible than we thought it was maybe last month. And that's where we're starting to see less risk. Interest rates start coming down. Where they go from here in three months, more likely down than up. But I think when you're making your personal decision and you're thinking about, oh, how do I time my purchase? Think more about the home that you're purchasing and um, the match between it. Because remember, I, I mentioned at the top, new listings nationally are down 18% from normal, meaning the number of homes that drop into the market each month are much less than they used to be. Now, it's much less competitive, so I have more time to consider those mar those homes. I have more time to figure out what my strategy is going to be with my agent. But in terms of the number of options that I see over the course of the month is less. And when things are unaffordable, to execute a great financial decision in home buying, it's all about a long-run decision, right? It's, I want to stay in this house. So it's more about the match between you and your property. Okay, so you're looking at the market, you're watching the homes come on, you're thinking about what do I need for my life, not just now, but in five years, don't time the mortgage rate, right? That's just going to cause you to go insane. Right? Um, there are products out there that can offer, say, a float down or an extended block, or maybe you can refinance in a couple of years if mortgage rates do truly come down. But maybe anticipate the way that you think about your strategy is that mortgage rates are going to bop around six. Can I afford it at that level? Continue forward, keep searching, and then form a good relationship with a quality lender that can give you this, it's go time signal, right? When they see an opportunity that uh, offers that affordability for you. And all of that was great dialogue for agents to use, um, everything that you just said in, in working with buyers and sellers. Um, and, you know, I always hear this magic number when it hits 5%, everything is going to open up. 
Um, you know, what do you have to say about agents who are kind of waiting for that magic number to come or buyers who are waiting for that magic number to come? Yeah. You know, what's, um, the good news is bad news kind of world isn't really going away. So like if I was someone who believed that mortgage rates were come down below 5%, what I'm kind of thinking about the, you know, as an economist, right? What I would have to believe for that to kind of make sense, right? And to all the pieces fit is that I am anticipating a recession coming, right? I am anticipating a poor economic environment. That's what will bring rates down, right? So the Fed will let rates come down much further if they see that our economy actually needs support again, right? To turn around um, and start growing because of job loss. So, you know, I, I personally, as an economist, I feel very worried to recommend to someone, oh, just wait for interest rates to come down, you know, because not all of us make it through recessions without losing our jobs, you know, um, and kind of anticipating the world like that, especially if I can't guarantee it to you, you know, can delay someone who is otherwise making a move for their life. You know, we don't buy just to hit the market at the right time and make this like great. We're not buying a piece of paper like stocks, right? It's not like, oh, I bought my piece of paper. That's the same as your piece of paper at the market low. I'm winning, right? That's not what home buying is, right? Home buying is I'm buying for my life. Like I had the baby, the teenagers are fighting in the kitchen. Oh, we just got divorced. You know, delaying can also be costly. Um, So yeah, that's generally kind of one of the ways that I think about it. But to their credit, 5% kind of is a magic number in terms of um, when we start to see demand really come into the market again. At 5% mortgage rates, um, national home values compared to incomes line up better with that rule of thumb for affordability, not to spend more than a third of your income on housing, you know, and things like that. Um, now, plenty of markets, you know, are places where you would spend more than a third because, you know, you get a lot of your satisfaction out of public goods like the sun and, you know, parks. And this is the Florida story in Miami, right? This is the story for California. We will spend out of more out of our income to live in these places because we get more to live in these places. It might mean you don't go on a vacation because you're in Florida already, right? Um, now, but as a nation, as a whole, right? When we compare like these macro numbers about affordability to be worse than a third out of your income is why we're slowing down right now. So and as soon as it kind of comes back to that ballpark, boy, and we saw this in August last year, boy, does the demand come back, right? So here's the other thing that I think an agent should know. I can't promise a buyer that housing markets will remain slow like this and sane, you know, where you have time to make this decision, where you don't have to waive all these contingencies, you know, the lack of competition. If I see mortgage rates come back down under 5%, that's a competitive housing market again, right? So it's interesting. It's it's hard to talk to someone right now about like, is it a good time to buy or not? Because it's not affordable in sense of where mortgage rates are. Maybe you can refinance, you know, into greater affordability later, you know, or, or whatever else. So this is not a great affordability picture, but was last year a great time to buy when you had to submit six bids in order to get in? So there's a give and a take here where unaffordable means less competitive housing markets, right? It means I can make this decision without so much risk. Um, but 
it is unaffordable, right? So you can't have, this is why people don't like economists, right? We're always like, there's no free lunch, <laughs> you know, and uh, <laughs> on this hand, on that hand, right? But it's the reality of how our world works, right? It's a complicated system, you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, now that Zillow um, has acquired Showing Time, you have a new product, Showing Time Plus. Um, let's talk about the that data that you have, that whole new set of data. And what are some significant trends you're seeing in the showing data? Yeah, absolutely. And this data is very cool. And what's cool about showing time plus data or the showing data is that this is a high intent leading indicator. At Zillow, as you might imagine, we track how many people are coming to the site and looking at homes. But let's be real. A lot of that is like adult pretend time. Like, what if my life looked like this? And I lived over there, you know? Um, but showing time, if you're scheduling, you know, a tour um, to get it, you know, all the data that comes through this system, that's a much more high intent signal of, you know, uh, interest, right? Now, unfortunately, that signal right now at a time like this um, is that things are much slower from, say, last year, <laughs> right? Um, but, you know, the data shows that there's uh, some potential, you know, uh, increase in some areas, right? So, for example, the West probably slowed down the fastest at the end of last year, but some month-over-month -month changes, at least from November to December, right, are showing renewed interest in the West, right? Um, but for the most part, and we're we're still it's still showing slowing down. It's still showing an affordability challenge, um, certainly compared to to last year, people's ability to move forward. Are there any markets that you see haven't had a significant impact in their showing? Um, they're showing in, in scheduling from last year. Um, last year is no, no, across the board relative to last year, it's a significant change. This is a, Last year was, I wish the word unprecedented could go back to being unprecedented <laughs> because the pressure on housing markets, the interest in housing markets, the um, incentive to move forward was massive at the beginning of last year. The beginning of last year was still a very, very hot period as long as, you know, rates remained below five, as we kind of talked about, right? There was still this huge incentive to kind of rush in at that time. Um, so no, so compared to certainly early 2020 to, uh, to now, it is a, it is a big change. Probably the place that's the least changed from last year is the Northeast. But if I look at current month over month, uh, changes, that's actually where we see a bigger slowdown. Um, some of this has to do with, um, I, you know, people talk about cr price corrections and price corrections are about, oh, it was too frothy, you know, and, and then I have this larger price correction, the frother it was the, the first time I like to, you know, move this parlance into the modern times. And it's like the clap back, right. From what happened last year. So sometimes the patterns that we see after a, honestly, a traumatic experience, which this was for housing markets, right? Very violent demand and people rushing in for the leverage of the lifetime. And now this cool down, you know, with high interest rates and, you know, the monetary policy and everything. When we go through an experience like this, sometimes the intuition is dropping a rock in a pond. You know, there's a big, you know, there's a their first swell and then uh, what is the opposite of the swell, right? The part that goes down again, and then it swells back up. Um, and so, you know, sometimes the patterns over time will look like that moving forward until we stabilize again. Uh, economists call that steady state. Expect that kind of renewed stabilization be to more 
the latter half of this year, unless we see radical improvement in mortgage rates. And then, yeah, they'll be ready. Demand will be ready to come back. Success might look different this year, but it's out there for those willing to work for it. That's why 2023's Gathering of Eagles will focus on forging opportunities, the perfect chance for industry leaders to take a proactive approach to continually move the needle in their businesses and the real estate industry at large. Gathering of Eagles will bring together the nation's top residential real estate CEOs, presidents, and C-level leadership teams to grow, network, and set the pace for what's next in our industry. 2023's GOE is at Omni Barton Creek Resort in the rolling hill country of Austin, Texas from June 18th until the 21st. Learn more and register your spot on the events page at realtrends.com. And we can't wait to see you in Austin. I, I want to talk a little bit about advice. Like what advice do you have for brokers and agents? Um, going through this market and, um, you know, really having a growth mindset and forging forward and um, talk to me about what dialogue, whatever it is that you think can help brokers and agents manage this market. Yeah, absolutely. We already talked about, you know, the idea of helping someone understand that their purchase for their primary home is a long run decision, right? And that housing markets in uh, you know, have good legs, right? We already talked about that, but that's a good, definitely in the script, you know, something to bring forward, right? Uh, that kind of financial literacy and that calming voice, right? The other thing that you're going to have to do as an agent or a broker is you're going to need to set reset expectations from last year, right? Sellers in particular, uh, need to be, need to understand that a listing staying on the market for three weeks, which is our current, you know, days depending, um, is not some sort of, they're not like decaying on the market there if they're just on for three weeks. It used to be the case, right? Pre pandemic that a listing would stay on the market for a month. That was normal. It was only the height of the pandemic that listings went off in just seven days, right? From listing to pending. So this slowdown is a return to normalcy is another good way to explain, uh, things to markets is that, Hey, we are relearning the new normal. And that's why it's so important to work like an expert like me that's really watching how things are changing on the ground, right? And that comfort in terms of, you know, just because the listing is on the market for three weeks doesn't necessarily mean we have to gut the list price, right? It could be important to do if you set it too high in the first place, for sure. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, that advice and that strategy in a transition market, that's where agents are great. Um, well, really, not just great, like totally in severely important <laughs> to the buyer's experience to understand what's happening. Now, in terms of something that's a little bit more tactical in terms of an advice for, you know, a broker besides just the script, um, I'm sure brokers, you know, successful brokers have already pursued this strategy, but make sure you uh, can recommend a lender that you can trust to, you know, close on time and offer a good experience um, for your buyer, um, maybe someone who's not so big with the hard sell, right? Um, but I would recommend to an agent right now to maybe expand your lender relationship to maybe a second, right? Um, because why? Because when I'm in an area uh, or where a time period of intense mortgage rate volatility, 
you know, it's not just that mortgage rates can be up or down from one week to another. They're going to be very different from place to place. And we just talked about how most buyers in a lot of areas are struggling with affordability for that monthly payment, right? And so getting a break on the, the mortgage rate is really important to the buyer right now for their willingness and ability to move forward, right, with you and purchase this home. Um, so you're going to want to find different alternatives to make sure, uh, that, you know, your buyers have that option, right. To go with someone, um, who, uh, can offer them a better rate than another. Um, so if you had, you know, an existing relationship, that's very great. Keep that, nurture that one, maybe explore one more so that you have those options to give to your buyer while still providing them confidence that they can close on time, that the seller will see this, um, as a trustworthy, you know, um, bid right on the process. Um, and then the final thing is, you know, I think when we think about um, what, you know, the agent's value prop is, I think it's all right to let, you know, the buyer explore more different properties, you know, using the 3D home tours, you know, on a site like Zillow and, and really let them stretch what they're thinking about and what options that they have to explore because things are unaffordable. And then you really are all about that bargaining process and how to fit that bid because last year, yeah, people had to waive financing contingencies or inspection contingencies just to win. That's highly risky for the buyer. They might not have to do that anymore. They probably don't have to do that anymore. But it doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, other buyers still interested. So what does that successful winning bid look like without, um, you know, giving away the bank in a market that's changing so fast is so important. So really kind of figure out what you're great at as an agent. I know we all have different skills, but really put that forward. Um, and what are your value props to, to your customers? So talk to me a little bit about rate searches and that. I know you said you had some information related to that. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, when we go to buy a home, we, you know, it's about the home. It's about the lifestyle we're looking for, probably first and foremost. But it is about the financial benefit of buying a home. And the lower my rate can be, the better that long run financial benefit is going to be. And yet it's, it's so critical to our financial well being and this massive financial purchase. And yet buyers do not shop around for the mortgage as much, um, that you would think. For example, we did this recent, um, survey and found out that people spend more time considering their appliances than they do shopping for that mortgage rate. I think that's the other reason why if you as an agent form, you know, solid relationships with lenders to understand how they work and what are the opportunities that they provide, you know, for their borrowers, right, um, can be a real great value add for an agent to help them understand how critical it is to make sure we get a good rate, to make sure we look uh, for a good lender to help. Because I think to explain that, like, why do people spend hardly just so little time searching for the mortgage rate? But yet they'll spend a lot longer searching for appliance, even though it's less critical to their financial well-being, is because this process is so stressful, right? We do not do this very often. We move every, you know, 10, 11 years on average. Brokers, agents, you do this every day, you know? Um, so your experience helping someone navigate what is really important about this decision is really critical um, for, for their well-being and a, and a value add that I think you can offer. Yeah, great, great advice. And, um, you know, so important in this market, because I know we've done some surveys. And really, I think it was like 70% of the agents have never been through a down market, because 
Um, you know, we've grew so much like the National Association, I think it's 1.6 million realtors, um, you know, in the US. So um, it's all really great advice. Uh, my final question is just um, any new research initiatives for Zillow, anything you're working on that um, our audience would be interested in knowing about? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, probably the thing that I think um, is just the coolest <laughs> that Zillow's working on. And the reason why I came back to Zillow after, you know, two, two years of working with other smaller prop tech companies, you know, um, trying to, you know, build the world um, to come back to Zillow and to do that again with Zillow um, is because of the housing super app, right? Or how we kind of explain it. So what um, this kind of new offering or how we like to think about it is, you know, you have a bit more of a cohesive experience across markets. Zillow right now offers a good experience if I already know whether or not I want to buy, if I already know that I want to rent, if I already know um, that Zillow has, you know, home loans or whatever else, and I can go to those experiences and do it. The things that we're working on today are the spaces in between to kind of help provide that financial literacy um, for someone making those decisions, because that is kind of a bit harder and gnarlier to think about. And then in terms of, you know, what fits in with that big push, right, that ethos is other initiatives towards, I don't want to call it, financial literacy doesn't feel like it sound, makes it sound so boring. It's like, um, it's like life literacy, right? Or well, literacy maybe is the boring word, you know, <laughs> it's like how strategic decision making, you know, in your life, how else can we help something that we're creating right now um, for agents to use to support their buyers would be interactive data experiences so that you can that, remember what we talked about, like you're one of the hardest things that you probably have to do this year for a seller is to reset expectations about how long it should take to sell this home. If I can show you that homes are taking a longer time to sell just in general across the board, you know, that this is becoming more normal again, that that was not normal, you know, oh, what was it before, right? You can have this stabilizing conversation with your seller, right? About what they should expect, right? What percentage of listings have a price cut? Where are home values going? Um, where will they go over the long run? And so I'm really excited to continue working on those efforts, not just because I'm a data freak, but I totally am. Um, but because I think it'll be really helpful for agents navigating a down market, gosh, especially if you haven't experienced this before, um, to know where we're going in a, in a, in a confident way. Um, because it's not it. And maybe before I, before we close out, I just want to say for agents that have never experienced a down market before, but maybe you have like a, a uh, more experienced mentor that you work with, um, talk to them and get the talking points too and uh, about why this is not like last time, right? This is not the down market that we had last time. I know that can spook a lot of people, um, but this is nothing like it. You know, we do not expect a lot of foreclosures. We don't see a big swath of inventory coming on the market and prices really tumbling down. It's a softening and prices are coming down slowly and that's good to execute affordability. Um, over the long run so that the next generation of homeowners can move forward, right? Um, but no, we, I think we have a huge push towards financial literacy um, and really helping people make these decisions, guiding them from renting to home buying, right, um, over time. Yeah, and it's it's really important information for agents to have um, be, because it is, it's something they can actually show them rather than just tell them, Um you know, data is so important to have that to back your you know, back you up as the expert in your market. So, so I look forward to seeing all of that um, roll out 
And Skylar, it was really a pleasure having you on the Real Trending Podcast. I appreciate your time and your insights. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.